foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. And Janie, I'm going to start us out today in John 15, starting in verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You have given the ultimate of conditions of friendship. We don't normally look at a friend and think, I may need to give my life for that person. Right. And then if we dwell on that, we think of being tortured for Christ or brought into circumstances that result in death. Well, and we might decide we don't want to have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to lay down our life for anyone. But let me just give one new thought on that verse. It doesn't require a physical death, but it requires dying to self so that you can walk with that person in a state of always doing what Paul said when he said, I die daily. Oh, that's good. I bring about death that you might have life. Because if we just think this is a a verse for uh, physical uh, torture or death, our fears will overwhelm us most of our life. Well, if you think about the other aspect of trying to be like Jesus in his character, we want to have the qualities that he had in laying down his life for us. Absolutely. And you know what the command he gave us was? Take up your cross, deny self, follow me. And so when we follow that command, then he equips us. He may be saying, you die daily and you die for your friends daily and always putting them ahead of you. And that way you will be representing what I did for you on the cross. So an act of selflessness. Yes, that's a good word. And we need to have that in our relationships. But that goes against everything that's in our natural being. So if we don't make the choice, and since the Lord gave, you take up your cross, that's a command. That means he has equipped us with the power of his spirit to actually deny self. But you know, Janie, it's scary to face a situation or circumstance with the idea that I don't have any skin in the game. I've gone back and gotten strength for what I don't know is going to happen to me. But I've gone back and I've looked at the martyrs. I've looked at how other men persevered. I've looked at how Joshua and Caleb stood 40 years in the wilderness dying. Right. So to bring back history at this point as a part of being able to fulfill the unknowns of John 15, 13, 
is really a strong teaching tool. That is so true because I've gone back to look at Abraham and Caleb and Joshua for my own life to give me encouragement. You know, Abraham was known as the friend of God. Yeah. He was willing to lay down his dearest treasure upon the altar at his friend Jehovah God's command. That is so good. I'm not sure that I would have been ready to take the promise that God had given me and willingly sacrifice it on an altar, killing the very promise that I had been guaranteed of. But, you know, by faith, he obeyed Father God's command, even when he didn't understand because he believed that God could go ahead and fulfill what he had told him even though it looked like mission impossible. And with that kind of trust in your friend, there is a bonding there. There is a intimacy there between Abraham and God that gives Abraham that victory. And he sets the example for us, Sharon, but we need to recognize that many of our friends will call us crazy And they will not join us in being willing to give up all on the altar. Well, that's when we have to be careful not to compromise. That's very good because only those who have Jesus for their personal friend can really be a genuine friend to others. We cannot be half-hearted in our compromise. Let me give you an example, Sharon. Lord, give me unselfishness, but... Let me have my way in this particular thing. Hmm. Hmm. Or, Lord, give me purity. But could I keep that picture hanging on the walls of my imagination that gives uh, me comfort? Okay. Or should I say, Lord, teach me humility, but please do not require me to come down from the position that I've already established with others that cause me to look good. <laughs> Right. Okay. Lord, give me maturity and give it to me right now. I need it right now. Do you hear? But don't let me go through any trials to develop that in me. That's okay. We're half-hearted because we have compromised in not accepting what the Lord had called us to do. But we have conditional acceptance. Okay. And that way we have really not put all on the altar as Abraham did. And then what if I would say, Lord, there's a thousand things in our life and we're going to give them all to you. But we are going to keep just one. We're just not quite ready to give you everything. But hey, Lord, look at the percentages We're offering you 99%. And the Lord says, if I am not Lord of all, then I'm not really Lord at all. No. He demands total surrender. surrender. He requires everything of us. And do you know the one thing that we want to hang on to because we have to deal with injustices and wrongs? We want to hang on to our anger when we are misused, abused, neglected, rejected. Lord, we understand that it's not right, but I have a right to just be angry with this person. So that goes back to holding on to unforgiveness 
And, you know, there is a warning. And with the conditions of friendship, there can be warnings for us to have balanced friendship. Okay. And Sharon, in Proverbs 22, and it gets lengthy, but it says uh, in verses 24, 25 of chapter 22, don't befriend or go along with angry people or even associate with a hot-tempered person or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Oh, that's scary, Janie. We're not talking about your eternal security, but we're talking about your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And so when you are consistently around someone who is argumentative, who wants to pick fights in their conversations, Mm -hmm. who wants to argue with you on every point, hey, it's best if you can step away from them. Right. But Sharon, what if you're married to them? Oh, no. That is not grounds for divorce. Okay. So then how do you survive and even profit when you are married to an angry person? What, Janie, could I do if I were married to someone like that? A soft answer turns away wrath. And if the Spirit is constantly abiding in you... You don't have to react to that anger, which is our natural instinct. Right. But you can respond with a word spoken fitly, correctly, from the Spirit. And in Proverbs twenty-five eleven, you might want to memorize this one if you're married to an angry person. A word fitly or timely spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And then God says that he will answer your prayers of impossible situations because there's nothing that's impossible with him. Well, it's those trials that we go through that help clean out the corners of our heart, right? Yes, and makes John 15 that you started us off with today a living reality that we can apply because we have been trained The Bible says that Jesus even learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Mm. And that's why we're called to suffer. But we have been conditioned Mm -hmm. to believe that we can have instant Christianity. We can have instant maturity. We don't have to go through the negatives. We can just claim it, proclaim it, and it'll happen. And yet the Lord had 33 years in obscurity that he was being trained for three years of public ministry. Now, if God in the flesh worked as a carpenter, quietly learning for his three years, why do we think we have to have everything now just because we read it in the Bible? Mm. So the fact that he is taking certain conditions and certain timing and saying, be still and know that I am God wait on me so you can hear from me because your life is forever. And he teaches us in this waiting period to be students of the word so that we know what to say, when to say, and how to say the truth of scriptures, which is really the language tool of light so that the power of Almighty God can not only rest on us now in our learning, but then in our calling that we have forever to fulfill and enjoy. 
And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.